Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. So Matthew chapter 5, I talked long enough. You should be there by now. Matthew chapter 5 and uh, verse 18. Matthew 5 and verse 18. Man, we've talked about so much. We talked about the introduction to the kingdom. We talked about Jesus' mission, Jesus' plan, not to come and get you to heaven, but to come and get heaven to earth and to restore you as a son, as a citizen in the kingdom of God. We talked about authority and submission. We talked about sons uh, and citizens, your identity in the kingdom. Uh, Let's see, we talked about um, domain and territory, right? That's what Pastor Caleb ministered on uh, last week. Every kingdom has a territory. That's literally what the word kingdom is, a king's domain. If you look up the word kingdom, that's what that means, a king's domain. If you don't have territory, what's the use of having authority? And if you have authority, or uh, if you have territory but you don't have authority, then you can't operate. So you gotta have both. You gotta have authority, dominion, and a domain through which you exercise your authority over. And so Pastor Caleb ministered that last week. If you missed any of these messages or all of these messages, you definitely want to uh, be sure, get online. They are all there for you. And uh, they will help you out tremendously. Matthew chapter five, we're gonna talk tonight about decree and declare. Decree and declare. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. The thing we have to understand is that there is no authority that is exercised without words. In the kingdom of God, There is no authority exercised without words. You have to have a voice. You have to speak words. You have to use your voice to exercise your kingdom authority. Exercising authority uh, in the kingdom of God does not happen by a look. It doesn't happen by a feeling. Guys, it doesn't happen by a thought. I grew up, uh, and many of you might be familiar with this too, uh, where, uh, you know, in, in school, I went to Christian private school, and, and so we would do, uh, you know, prayer in the morning, and they would go around asking if anybody had a prayer request. And the common thing for a lot of kids to say was, uh, I have an unspoken. I have an unspoken, which a lot of times meant that, you know, either the boy was saying, They had an unspoken because they were praying about a girl in the class, but they didn't want everybody to know, or vice versa. Uh, You know, it's usually along those lines. But unspoken prayer requests. Well, actually, that's extremely unbiblical. And we understand the thought behind it. I don't want to share it with everybody. But words are 
some of the most powerful elements in the kingdom of God. And when you don't speak the word, declare the word, there's nothing that takes place beyond that. The Bible does not tell us in Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and he thought the stars into existence and he thought the moon in place and he felt like, uh, you know, the sea should uh, separate from land. No, it says what? He said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. The action followed the speaking. The action followed the speaking. So the speaking, the word, was literally the catalyst that caused kingdom action to take place. Even when God uh, gave man our purpose, our identity, our assignment, he what? Spoke that. Let us create man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion and then you know, he's just talking amongst himself, the Holy Spirit and Jesus. They're having that conversation. And then uh, he turns around in verse 27, it says, and then he did it. He, he acted upon it. So words is how kingdom authority is executed. I'll say that again. Words are how kingdom authority is executed. That is how it takes place. That is how it is put into motion and implemented. And so we have to understand the power of words. We've got to understand the power of our voices. In the kingdom of God, we have to have a voice, okay? Now, when a king, let me teach for a moment, when a king speaks, when a king speaks, it becomes what we call a decree. A decree. A decree becomes law. A decree becomes law. Now, with kings, and again, this is where we have to remove our Americanized thinking. We've got to move our Republican dem dem democracy, uh, democratic uh, uh, thought processes and mindsets. When a king speaks a word, it becomes law and it cannot be reversed. When a king speaks, it becomes law, and it cannot becomes it cannot be reversed. You can't. The word of the king is final. It's not up for a vote. He's not asking your opinion. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. It's an order. It's a decree. It's a law. It's a command. It's an order. It's a decree. It's a law. And when that word goes forth, let me tell you something. The word of the king is more powerful than the presence of the king. The word of the king is more powerful than the presence of the king. This is what we have to understand. This is how the kingdom operates. Matthew chapter 8, we saw this a few weeks ago when we were diving into authority and submission, but we want to use this story to help bring context to our point here now. Matthew chapter 8, we're going to start with verse 5. Got to understand the power 
of God's word and the power of our words. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. I will physically come, place myself in that situation, in that room, in that presence. I will presently be there and heal him. And we know that Jesus could do that. We know that Jesus could execute his authority through that means of actually being there. But this centurion, this Roman centurion, tapped into another level of kingdom authority, as we saw a couple weeks ago. And look at what he says. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But... Only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. Only speak a word, because the word of the king is actually more powerful than the presence of the king. Now, thank God for his presence. Thank God that he's with us. Thank God that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And whether you feel it or not, let me tell you something. You need the word of the king on a situation, not just his presence. You don't just need a feeling to take place. You need the word of the king. Because let me tell you this. The presence of the king without a word doesn't solve anything. Even if the king presently shows up, you still need him to speak something. You still need his word. You still need his word on the matter. You still need him to say something. And so the word of the king is a decree. It's a command. It's an order. It's a law. Once it is spoken, it becomes final. And it is the catalyst for action. This centurion says, all you need to do is speak the word and my servant will be healed. He goes on to say, for I also am a man under authority. We saw that where Jesus wasn't just a man in authority. He was a man under authority. And your authority will never exceed your level of submission. Your level of authority will never exceed your level of submission. Meaning I've got to submit under God's plan if I'm going to operate in the authority he's given to me. And we've already seen that, that we're in a position of authority. We're not on this earth to just be dictated by the world and what happens. We are here to command change and to command. We are agents of change in this planet. You've got to get this now. So he says, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come. And he comes into my servant, do this, and he does it. We have a military base right here in Valdosta, Georgia, Moody Air Force Base. And I can tell you right now, President Donald J. Trump does not have to physically get on a helicopter, get on a plane, fly down here to Moody, stand in front of soldiers and say, here are your orders. This is what I want you to go do. All he has to do is give the word 
and they will mobilize, they will move, they will do exactly what is asked of them to the nth degree because of his word. Governments rule and operate by word. And then when the king speaks, it becomes law, which means it becomes the expectation. And it cannot be reversed. The one that I like to use because it just really hits home for a lot of people. And we've already said it before. But when God spoke in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and he said with his mouth, with his words, let them have dominion, meaning you and I, mankind. Ultimately what he just said was, I am removing myself as a component of change in that environment. Let them have dominion. So even when man fell, even when man sinned, guess what? He couldn't go back on his word. Guys, think about it. If he breaks one promise, if he goes back on one law, he could go back on any of them. He could reverse any of them. There's not one thing. We know the Bible tells us that God is not a man that he should lie. He doesn't operate like you and I. Now, again, we've got to remove the human factor component. God's heart hasn't been contaminated like man's heart. And so we have a, we have a hard time taking people at their word. We have a hard time giving people full reign and full access through their words to just simply follow and do. We want to vote things in and we want to have majorities and we want to know this and know that before we go. But God is not that kind. So when God speaks a law or speaks a word and puts it into action, guess what? It's only for your benefit and nothing else. Even if it's correction. Even if it's chastening. Even if it's teaching. Right? So it's not just the words that we rejoice over. That, that, that you know, provide life to us. It's all life. It's all life. His words are life. The word gives us so many. I mean, Psalms 119, the longest chapter in the entire Bible is all about the word of God. <laughs> you think we're trying to get a point across here? This thing's like a hundred and something verses long. I mean, there's no other chapter that even comes close to it. Not even, not even half of what this chapter is. And the whole thing's about the word. The commands, following the word, obeying the word, heeding the word. So the word of God, the law of God, is how God executes his will. The word of God is the revealed will of God. The word of God is the revealed will of God. Guys, I don't need to have God vocally speak to me to know what his will is. Sure, I love having that direction and the prompting of the Holy Spirit on the inside and he will speak to you. But I'm telling you right now, it's never gonna be out of line of what this says. It's never gonna be out of line of the written word. You have this written word. You have access to this book. This right here is the most powerful thing on the planet. Right here. And now we have more access to it 
than ever before. Paul would have rejoiced if he had access like we have access. I'm holding the most valuable thing on the planet right here. But we tend to devalue what we have a lot of, what we become familiar with. I was just talking with Pastor Roe about this today. We were talking about some things and, 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 and you know, the Bible tells us that there's gonna be a great apostasy, a great falling away from the faith, that people are gonna fall away from this thing. The Bible even tells us that we're gonna heap up for ourselves teachers. Think about that. I, I mean, I, I know I've uh, 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 talked about it before, but just pretend like I've never said it before and act, act surprised. But I, I just think it's just so interesting that in the last days, we're not going to have a lack of teaching. We're going to have too much teaching in many different avenues, in many different ways, and, and all kinds of ideas, uh, uh, the kinds of teaching that tickles the ear. Meaning that, oh, you know, I want to hear a new. Give me something new. Give me something fresh. Give me something. And we're hearing stuff. And then the stuff, the stuff that's in this book, and you've heard it over and over and over, and you've heard it a million times, and, and we brush it off like, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Are you kidding me? This is the most valuable thing. This is how God is getting his will done in the earth. He's he spoke a word and he, God is still working through this word today. <laughs> he hasn't changed. God isn't up in heaven. So, you know, we need to revise that thing. We need to update that thing. We need to add some stuff. Let's get some fun stuff in there. Let's do uh, the 2.0, Bible 2.0 version. Uh, you know, we, we got to step this thing up. We got to make it more interesting. We're losing them down there. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're becoming disinterested. Nope, this is the word of God. And the Bible tells us, uh, Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, in verse 35, just to show you how powerful the word, the decree of the king is, Matthew 24, verse 35 tells us heaven and earth will pass away, that the physical creation will pass away. But he says, my words will by no means, that means there's nothing that can oppose the word that will eliminate it. There's nothing that will oppose the word, challenge the word, come against the word, question the word that will eliminate the word. It's always going to be here. It's going to remain. There's nothing. And I'm not talking about removing physical copies of this thing. We're talking about the power of the word. That's what he's saying. That my word will remain just as powerful as it is today forevermore. It's the everlasting word. And God valued his word so much that he put it in flesh and it dwelled among us for 33 years. He gave us a physical representation of what his word looks like, his word in operation. It will never fail. It will never go away. It will never crumble. It can be challenged. It can be opposed. You can kill it and it'll rise right back up. You can't get rid of it. You can't get rid of it. It's immune. The word of God is immune to the challenges of our world today. The word, the word of God is immune to the cultural differences of, of our world today. 
The word of God doesn't bow to anything. It is final. Now, in the book of Daniel, we see a great example. A great example here. Of the power of a decree. And this is just one example. Just for time's sake. In Daniel chapter 6. And many of us know this story, but we just want to highlight some things out of it for the point of our teaching tonight. The decree, the law of God cannot be reversed. It is final. And when God spoke in Genesis chapter 1 and he said, let them have dominion, he can't go back on that. Regardless of the failure, regardless, he can restore it, but he can't abandon it. He worked diligently and intentionally to restore man back into the position by which he spoke, let them have dominion. Can't go back on it. Genesis, or Daniel chapter 6, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom, verse 1, 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. The king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the what? The law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, satraps, the counselors, advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm what? decree that whoever petitions any God or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree. Sign the writing so that it cannot be changed. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter, therefore King Darius signed the written decree. Now, if man-made law, man-made decrees could not be changed, how much more so than God's laws and and decrees? If we put that standard on man's laws, how much more of a standard does God uphold his word with that it cannot be reversed, it cannot be taken back, it cannot be changed? And God cannot be tricked into putting something into a decree or into law that does not align with his word already, like King Darius was. So ultimately, they see Daniel. They're jealous of the authority and the attention he's getting from King Darius. So they say, we've got to find fault in this guy. Well, he's not, he's not messing up. He's faithful. He's a great man. He's got an excellent spirit. We're not going to be able to do. But if we get the king to speak against or give a law against something he's already doing that we know he's not going to break, we'll get him. So for the next 30 days, you cannot pray to, bow to, serve any other Uh, king other than you, O King Darius. Well, they know that Daniel's going to maintain his faithfulness to God, 
We know that he's going to maintain uh, his ability to talk to God, pray to God, just as was his manner. And so verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day. He said, I'm, I'm tripling this thing up. They think they're going to get me? I'll do it three times. I'm going to open the windows wide open in the upper room, not on the bottom, on the top. I'm going to make sure everybody sees that I'm honoring God because God has a law that's higher than man's laws. And see, when I understand God's laws over my life and God's decrees over my life, I don't have to limit myself to man's laws. Now, that does not mean be disobedient to the laws of the land. You can notice that in all these instances, you may remember his buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they broke the law that King Nebuchadnezzar had given of bowing down to his 90-foot tall statue. And they said, we're not going to do it. We can't do it. Now, they may have disobeyed, but they never dishonored. And there's a difference. There's a difference. The only disobedience that they acted upon was in obedience to God, their king. Unfortunately, I can't do that. Unfortunately, I have a law that's higher than the law of this land, but I'm not going to dishonor, disrespect, bring down, tear down. But, you know, we, tip, we don't know how to do that. You know, it's, it's becoming very uh, 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 dangerous, even in our country, in the United States, the free United States of America, for me to even preach certain things from this pulpit. That's quickly changing. <laughs> That's the nature of mankind, the depravity of mankind, the deterioration of mankind. And one day, I might have to be solely confronted with adhering to the word of God and what I know is the word of God or adhering to a law of a land. And I may, but I, you will not see me dishonoring, disrespecting, calling people out, name calling, and, and all the other stuff that, that we do along. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego never disrespected or dishonored. They just said, we can't do that. There's another law that's higher. So now Daniel's in this same situation. It says, as was his custom since early days, verse 11, then these men assembled and found Daniel praying, making supplication before his God. And they went before the king, spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, this thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased within himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. 
Even though uh, King Darius realized he had been tricked, he had been trapped, he had been uh, put in a position uh, where he had his heart set on Daniel. He loved Daniel. He recognized, man, I blew it. He still could not go back and say, whoa, you set a trap. That's not fair. You can't do that and go back and reverse it. He had to follow through. Now, in both situations with Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the God that they honored and the law of God that they honored came to fight for them and saw them through. You know the stories. Came out of the fire not even smelling like smoke. Jesus was right there with them. The king wakes up early the next morning, finds Daniel hanging out with some lions. Angels have come and closed their mouths shut. But the king in this instance could not reverse the decree. I'm trying to show you the power of the law of God, the power of the word of God, that once he has spoken, it cannot be reversed. It cannot be eradicated. It cannot be done away with. There's nothing more powerful than the law, the command, the order, the decree, the spoken or written word of God. Anything, any situation you have or go through in life, there's a word for it. And you need to know the word for it. The first thing you need to do, need to do if it's, a, if it's a, a, a sickness and disease issue, you get a report from a doctor, get the word on it. You get a financial report, get the word on it. You have uh, uh, battling stuff in your mind, get the word on it. He keeps him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on it. Get the word on it. Find out what has God decreed, what has God commanded, what has God declared, what has God spoken, what has God written, what has God ordered on this situation. It's amazing how many times that, that uh, uh, I will meet with councils, talk to believers that are going through situations, uh, you know, dire situations, but they've never gone to go get the word of God. And I'll tell you what, you only build faith where you put your focus. You only build faith where you put your focus. They can recite to me verbatim what the doctor said, but they don't know what the word said. Come on now. You only build faith where you put your focus. I'm not denying what the doctor said, but I've got another word that's higher than that word. And that word cannot be reversed. That word cannot be eradicated. It is a decree. It's a command. It's a law of God. By his stripes, you were healed. You cannot reverse that, no matter how much you want to. You cannot reverse it. So I've got to build my faith on God's word. Because it's everlasting. It will remain forever and ever. Okay? So the first aspect of this teaching tonight is understanding the decree, the power of the decree, the power of the law of God. But there's another connection that we have to get to. Uh, let's do Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. It's decree and declare. And we have the word of God on any given situation. Guys, you need to know what the word 
says. That's the first thing I take people to. Battling something in my marriage. What does the word say? What's the word say? You know, people ask us that time, what kind of church are you guys? How do you answer that? How do you? We preach the word. Oh, well, we all preach the word. We preach the word. I don't, I don't know any other way to put it. That's why I say it's just better experience, not explained. I can't explain. You just got to come check it out. Come at least five times. Got to come at least five times. We say that a lot in St. Augustine. I don't say it much up here, but we, I need to start telling people. You got to come at least five times. You co- just coming a couple times, man, I mean, one service could be so different from another. You got to come at least five times. But we're a church that preaches the Bible. We're a church that preaches the word. I mean, that's what we do. And nothing but the word. Now, a lot of churches don't. They don't. I've seen ministers go an entire message without ever even bringing a Bible or opening a Bible. They might put the scripture up there. I will always have this, by the way. My verses are here, in here, digitally. And a lot of times I do that because I'm in different translations and I like to pull different things out. But I will always, at least, this will be visible up here as many times as I can. Because I just want you to see the value I have for the, the written word, the, the book. You know what? I don't get notifications up here. You know what I mean? Anybody ever been reading you version and notified? Oh, somebody liked my Facebook post. Oh, let me go check that out real quick. And for it, I'm scrolling 15 minutes later. Oh, wait, I was reading the Bible. I forgot. Well, now I'm tired of reading. Uh, I'm the only one that's happened to. Okay. No, I don't get notifications on this. It's just right there. Now, sometimes I do get distracted by the little stuff in the columns or underneath. Oh, cool. Let's go study that out. Uh, That'll happen to me, but that's okay because I'm just going deeper in the word. Mark chapter 11, verse. Let's start with verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Such an easy statement. You know, God, Jesus really tried to make things simple, not complex, not hard, not difficult. Have faith in God. And really that's translated, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. I don't want to just have the man kind of faith. I want to have the God kind of faith. A faith that exceeds natural faith. A supernatural faith. A supernatural ability to believe in spite of the, of the, the, the current circumstance. Have faith in God. Now look at what he says. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things, that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Ultimately, what, we under, what we're understanding is first, I've got to recognize the power of God's word. I've got to recognize that his decrees, his laws, his command cannot be reversed, cannot be uh, eradicated, overcome. They, cannot, they can be challenged, they can be questioned, but they cannot be overthrown. It's not going to happen. But now I've got to recognize the other side, 
There's the decree, and then there's a direct declaration. And this is where many believers struggle, is even after they get the decree from God, they have a hard time declaring the word of God. So here's what's got to happen. You have to get the word of God in your mouth. You have to get the word of God in your declaration. You have to get the word of God in your voice. And that is how you uh, enact the authority of the kingdom of God. You cannot walk in the authority God has given you silently. I think it's Pastor Mark Hankins that says, never run at your giant with your mouth closed. Never run at your giant with your mouth closed. David knew who he was and he declared it boldly. Declare the word of God over your body if you're needing health. Declare the word of God over your finances if you're needing to see a change. Declare, and this is where people think it's kooky and weird and crazy that you're just talking, talking to yourself, saying stuff that's weird. Okay, well, you say what you want, you'll get what you want. I'll say what I want, I'll get what I want. I mean, if we're just, if we're, if we're talking, I tell you, one of the greatest principles in the kingdom of God is if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Because they're, the life and death is in the power of the tongue. Are you hearing me? It's right there in your, the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal is in your mouth. And you can use it to do harm or you can use it to do good. So I, uh, he, Jesus is identifying that faith has a voice. Faith uh, uh, has to be speaking something, declaring something. So what does your declaration look like? And I don't care. I've told people, print it out. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your uh, speedometer. Don't cover up the speedometer. We need to know what that says. But <laughs> unless you have your wife with you and she can tell you how fast you're coming. <laughs> ah, I just went there again. Two times in one week. I don't need it then. She knows exactly how fast I'm going. Uh, but print it out. Get it in front of you. It's got to be in you so it can come out of you. The things that we recite, the things that we declare. Guys, we're not just speaking and words are just floating in the air. It's not happening. Your words work. If God designed you to function and operate like him, what did he do? Let there be light. And there what? Was light. Well, guess what? The same power is in your words. And we've said it before and it bears repeating. The, the, the same power that God's word has in his mouth is the same power God's word has in your mouth. God is not a, a, a respecter of persons. If you will get the word, believe the word, with no doubt in your heart now, it's got to be pure pure. And that's for another message on faith. Pure faith. Not faith that's contaminated. You got to get the doubt out. Get the doubt out. Doubt the doubt. I think it was Jesse Duplantis that said that. If you doubt your doubts, you won't be a doubter no more because your doubts have been doubted because you've learned to doubt your doubts. 
Doubt the doubt, get in faith. Feed your faith, starve your doubts. But you got to get it in your mouth. Got to speak it. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what's happening. I don't care what it looks like. And so many times, guys, anybody can say what it looks like. It takes a believer to speak to a mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea. And he says, and you will have what you say. I think he, he, he says the word say four times and he says the word have one time. So you'll, you want to speak it four more times is what he's saying. There's an emphasis on saying, speaking, saying, speaking, declaring. Get the word in your mouth. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And you've seen this, but for being able to define it, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I mean, that's what we know. That's what we tell people. Look, you come into the kingdom with your mouth. You live through the kingdom with your mouth. Now, this word confess is literally translated agree. Agree. Meaning, I'm not just confessing stuff at whim. When I confess the word of God, what I'm doing is I'm coming into agreement with what he said. I'm essentially saying, yeah, that sounds good. I agree with you. I agree. By your stripes, I'm healed. I agree. When you come into agreement, you come into alignment. And now you can see the word of God working in your life, being exhibited and demonstrated. So I want to declare, I, the word of God has to be in my mouth. And so the kingdom authority, that there is that you cannot operate in the kingdom in silence. You cannot operate in the kingdom off feelings and off whims. You cannot operate in the kingdom with just thoughts in your mind. Well, I've, I've been thinking on it. You gotta, you gotta think on it, that's part of it. You gotta meditate on the word day and night, chew on it. But it's gotta be in your mouth declaring, speaking the word of God. Amen? So we see that the word of God cannot be eradicated, cannot be overcome. But now we also see that I've got to come into agreement with that word, get that word in my mouth and declare the word so I can operate in my kingdom authority. There, there's no king, there's no governor, there's no ruler, there's no president, there's nobody in any position of authority that can rule in silence. It's absolutely impossible. We have to learn our kingdom voice. We have to know what the word of God says on any given situation. And let me just, let, let me go here. I didn't have the, uh, the, 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 the verses in the outline for it, but you know, Jesus exercised his authority by speaking the things. He cast demons out. He told us in John chapter 10 that a shepherd would be known by his voice, not by his presence. Guys, if we have a, a, a value for God's presence over God's word, look, I want God's presence too, but I need his word. I need his word. I need what, what do you say about this, God? What, what are you saying about this? What, what does your word say about it? 
But then you also see where Jesus did not pray about stuff like we pray about stuff. And I could go a whole other direction with this, and I can't, obviously. But let me just leave you with this. Guys, many times we are praying about stuff that we should be speaking to. Doesn't say pray about the mountain and it would be removed and cast into the sea. What I mean when I say that is prayer, if I say, hey, what's prayer? Many of us would say, talking to who? God, I'm in communication with God. I'm telling you right now, the, 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 the Bible actually says very little about talking to him about problems and actually says a lot about talking directly to the problem. Jesus didn't talk to God about demons. He spoke to the demons and said, get out. Jesus didn't talk to God about the storm in the boat when he got woke up in the middle of the night. He was sleeping. He was fine. Disciples wake him up. And what did Jesus do? Get on his knees and say, oh God, we need your delivering power. You're in control. You created the winds and the waves. And if you see fit and if it's your will, deliver us from this thing. But if not, into thy hands I commend my spirit. If I die before I wake. I pray the Lord, my soul to take. No, what did he say? He got up in the edge of the boat, spoke to the storm and said, peace, be still. Didn't pray about it. Didn't have a Bible study. Let's all hold hands. Guys, we do some silly stuff. No, speak to the situation. Speak to the sickness in your body and command it to die at the root. Speak to the finances. Speak the word and the word only. And if you can't speak the word, then don't say anything at all. Because you will have what you say. You will have what you say. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.